Shalom, everyone. Can you hear me? Is it too loud? No, just right. Okay, good. So I, I have a brief idea that has big consequences to it. And uh, I suspect that, uh, well, I hope, hence my suspicion, uh, that you'll carry at least the, the kernel of this maybe in other areas of your life and your thinking. So the namesake of this morning's Torah portion, the portion is named Pinchas. Uh, the namesake of it is an, uh, is an individual whose history is accounted for in the Torah portion itself. His name is Pinchas. <laughs> right, trick question. And um, Pinchas, we are introduced to him uh, in this frenetic, disturbing chapter. And that is, Pinchas is a vigilante. He's a religious vigilante. And that he engages in a, a horrific act of violence. And we're told that he does it, um, the characterization of it, chamati, that he does it to avenge God's anger. Now, even our day, we hear such things. I mean, you know, people speak for God, you know, all different kinds of things. Anyways, this guy, Pinchas, does a horrible, violent act, and he justifies it by saying that he is doing it for the sake of God. The story itself is incredibly cryptic, and we never hear of Pinchas again. He disappears completely from the biblical record. There is another person in biblical history who also engages in what apparently striking, what, what apparently strikes us as an act of violence, and that is someone who you know very well. It's Elijah the prophet, Eliyahu Navi, Elijah the prophet. When does he engage in this violent act? He engages in this violent act in the confrontation with the priests, the, these idolatrous priests of Baal. The location of it is also very familiar to you. If you've been to Israel, and you've gone up north to Haifa, and you've seen the Carmel Mountains, that's exactly where it happened. Any event, after what takes place, Eliyahu is, on, is running for his life because they want to kill all the prophets of Israel, the enemies. And so he's the last one surviving. The ancient rabbis, in fact, say, and I'm not going to go into why they say this, they say that Pinchas and Eliyahu are the same person. How that's possible, I don't know, because it's about 600 years separating Pinchas from Elijah, from Eliyahu, but they say it. Truth of the matter is, you know, that there's a difference between truth and facts. Factually, it may not be true, but I think truthfully they saw that in the character of both of these individuals, of Pinchas and Elijah, that they saw similarities in what they did in their life, where they did it, who they were, their justifications, so much so that there's a very, very powerful rabbinic tradition suggesting that Elijah and Pinchas are the same person. Once again, setting aside the fact that there's 600 years separating when they both took their breaths, that's not important to us. The idea of it is. Why is this important? It's important because of this bizarre kind of characterization that the ancient rabbis give in this conversation that Elijah has with God. 
Elijah, when he's running away for his life after this violent confrontation, he turns to God and says the following. And the reason why I bring this up is because the Haftorah that is traditionally read for Pinchas is the story of Elijah. Now, this morning we didn't read it. And the reason why we didn't read it is because in the three weeks before the fast of Tisha B'Av, of the ninth day of Av, we have special Haftorahs that we read. But when the calendar works in such a way, and it's rare in Israel, by the way, but out of Israel it is, it is more common, when the calendar works out that Pinchas does not fall out in the three weeks before the fast of Tisha B'Av, we always read the story of Elijah, of Eliyahu. And it is always connected, Torah reading, to Haftorah Torah reading, Pinchas to Eliyahu to Elijah, because the ancient rabbis wanted to make this point about Pinchas. So in the Haftorah that would have been read this morning, Elijah, when he is running for his life, this is what he says. He says to God, I, I avenged you. And why did I avenge you, God? Because I saw that the Israelites abandoned their covenant with you. I saw the Israelites destroy their altars to you because they were running to be idolaters. And I saw your prophets being murdered. And I'm alone. I'm the last one, he says. So Eliyahu, Elijah says to God, I did all of this for you. And now it's only me, so to speak, just me and you, God. And what seems to be or strike as a rationale, the ancient rabbis have an incredible interpretation of this conversation. Where Elijah turns around and says that the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, the ancient rabbis say that God says to him, it's not your covenant, is it? And when Elijah says to God that they destroyed all of your altars, they destroyed all of your shuls, God turns to Elijah and says, are they your shuls? And then Elijah turns around and says, you know, they killed all of your prophets. And then God says to Elijah, yeah, but you're still here. What are they trying to get at? The connection of saying that the story of Elijah is always connected to the story of Pinchas is a repudiation of people who think that they can think for God, who think that they can act for God. A late teacher of mine always used to say, and he was often quoted, by the way, he said, it annoys me to know when, when people speak for me. I can't imagine how God feels. And why is this important? You can take this in very logical directions in your own lives, both personally, interactionally with other human beings, on a societal level. It doesn't have to be God. It could be lots of things, by the way. But here's the real point. A materialist is someone, a materialist is someone who identifies their existence with the things that they have. So much so that if the things they have are damaged or destroyed or stolen, 
They can't figure out how to live comfortably unless they get their thing fixed, returned, or replaced. That's the definition of materialism, that there is no daylight between your existence and how you perceive yourself and the things that you own or the things that you must have or you feel you must have. But an idealist can also be a materialist, except in place of the material is the idea. It is good to be a believer, and it's good to be a passionate believer. But as the ancient rabbis also said, which means despise being definite and embrace the maybe. We spend a lot of time listening to other people and then thinking about how they're wrong but we should spend more time listening to other people and considering how they might be right. Shabbat Shalom.